Look at the bag, will you? Waste not, want not, eh? This is the Totally Football League show. So coming up, why crisps stopped play on the way. Meanwhile, told you, Stoke and QPR, well, they'd go up, wouldn't they? Rowett and McLaren would win Manager of the Month. And we've also got that can I go in goal gaffer moment. For the numerology fans out there, three is the magic number this week. Points for Rowett, Lampard, McLaren and their clubs. Three Z in the studio too. I searched famous threesomes to like them too, but apparently they don't like you to do that on a work computer. From pitch to microphone, perfect Sammy Parkins here. Hi, Caroline. How are you You doing? would have eaten those crisps. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking. I don't think it would have put me off too much. I'd have been looking if there was some like obscure '90s ones to get my mitts on post-match. What's an obscure '90s crisp? I don't know. Knickknacks. Uh, I know Smiths. Smiths crisps. Oh, yeah. Well, you, the little thing you put in and you shake it. Sachet of salt. See, that is an obscure. Knickknacks mm. still exist. Oh, do they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I expect them to still be in existence because they're majestic. It's not all about Pringles. I don't eat them much. No. That would have hurt a Pringle, uh, Chiba Pringles. Oh yeah, yeah. Good point. <laughs> Too expensive. Always health and safety, you. Uh, from picking out his next certificate in club, I don't know why I wrote that. And here's a story that I shouldn't have written because you're the presenter, Adrian Clark. Hello. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking no. about. <laughs> why oh, break the habit of a lifetime? Also with us from William Hill. That was the easiest thing to write via the quinoa aisle. Joe Crilly's here. Hello. Uh, you've been at a game this weekend. Well done, you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's all right. We'll come to that in a minute. And we'll talk sackings. But I do want to talk not just Chris with all of you. Crystal Palace. I know what you're all thinking. They're in the Premier League, right? Did you see the bit of news that they're going to loan players for free to teams in the EFL? I didn't oh, fill us in. Faces. Fill us in, Caroline. Have I told you something you don't know? Go on. Uh, they are Mark Bright. He, formerly of Palace, now involved with the under-23s and the youth setup, is written to all the chairmen in the EFL and the National League. Says, if a player doesn't start a match with you, then you have to pay half his week's wages. If he doesn't start for reasons other than injury or illness. Otherwise, he can play for you for free. So this was the Football League clubs were, were having to moan up about the amount they were having to pay for Premier League players. But this way round, you get them to play for free. I think that's a fantastic idea. It's borderline genius, I think, for from Mark Bryan. It, it does give the clubs encouragement to, to to use them, but slight blackmail issues, I guess, in terms of you must play them, otherwise it will cost you. But but I, li- I like the premise of the idea. But otherwise, why take a player on on loan if you're not going to play? No, with form. I mean, you can't. It's all well and good a Premier League club saying you can have this player if providing you play them. Mm. But that, that player has to deliver, doesn't he? And if he has a couple of bad games, the manager should not be duty bound to then pick him week in, week out. So so I think that it might present the odd issue down the road. And I never, ever want to see you know clubs in League 1 and League 2 forced to play players that are out of form. But, but, but I, I get the idea and I think it's quite smart. A bright idea that's trademarked by abby producer of the show 80 premier league players are expected to be on loan when the loan window closes a third to championship sides don't say i never give you anything you're listening to the totally football league show in association with william hill for all the latest odds in the footballing world check out williamhill.com or download the app and if you don't spot something you fancy why not tweet at william hill using the hashtag your odds for your very own personalized bet 18 plus only, be gamblerware.org and when the fun stops, stop. Up top then, the championship will start. A baker's dozen for Leeds, Leeds, Leeds and Middlesbrough. They're top of the table. The Blades put Bolton's unbeaten start to the season to the sword. Sheffield United 3-0 winners at the Macron. 
that moment was just for you, Joe. A Bolton remained third in the table, though, as Aston Villa could only draw. Sheffield United just a point behind the mighty trotters. I do want to start, though, with the champions-elect, Stoke. Yes. <laughs> Go on, the Stokies. <laughs> Great. It was a good victory, obviously. 2-0. And, uh, yeah, 2-0. Goals at a good time. I think James McLean got the first two deflected goals. So maybe a little bit of good fortune that they've been missing. But I mean, it was the contrast in Gary Rowett post-match to what he was like after the midweek drubbing by by Wigan was, was huge. So I think they're starting to see a bit of a style. And also, I understand Atibo was majestic in midfield. That's mm. the second time I've said majestic. But well, we saw how good he was for Nigeria at the World Cup. And I think the Stoke fans saw that mm. and put Woods who's been secured as well now from Brentford and, and things are looking better for Stoke. Well, what does he do now, though? Because he signed Woods, who's a really, really good player. Uh, I'm a big fan of what, what he was doing for Brentford. But he's got Allen and he's got a Tebow, hasn't he, who who did really well in what was effectively a 4-4-2 because he went Berahino and Crouch, didn't he, at the weekend. So he's got decisions to make because he's never really been a 4-3-3 guy, has he, Gary Rowett? So will, will Joe Allen maybe push up and, and be that, that guy behind the, the front one again? I don't know. But um, yeah, they, they needed that big style, didn't they, Stoke? And it was Ashley Williams. I mean, we shouldn't ignore the fact that they were so bad in yeah. the match before. And Ashley Williams, I thought, was a disgrace. I think for, for a senior player... Like that to get red carded in in such a sort of childish manner, he really let the side down, and I, I wonder how how quickly Gary Rowett will forget about that because he's obviously put his neck on the line, he's paying him big money, he's just signed him. Mm. He will be fuming at Ashley Williams for that, and they've gone on and won without him. So, what will happen to Ashley? Will he find himself on on the sidelines for for the next few weeks or months? Maybe. Would you do that? Well, I would certainly keep the players that, that played at the weekend. Yeah. You don't bring in the guy that let you down when you've just kept a clean sheet. So it depends, doesn't it? It's possession is, is nine-tenths of the law. And then they've got some good centre-backs. Obviously, you've got Shawcross, Martins, Indy, who are the who are the stalwarts there anyway. So he might, he might find a big ego sat on his bench, quite miserable for, for the next few weeks. And... And how that will play out will be interesting. So Stoke 2, Hull 0. You might be surprised we went with that one first off, but no one's surprised with anything with us. QPR 1, Wigan 0 is where we're heading next because if we're talking about that pressure release, mm. that valve gone, then it's a Loftus Road. Is it all's well now? Clearly not. All is majestic. No. <laughs> um, that fantastic result because... Wigan had that wonderful win at Stoke and I understand they did pretty well again at the weekend, missed a bit of a cutting edge, which is unusual for Wigan with Grigg and Powell, but you bring two players into a football club, two strikers and Adrian will know, it gives everyone a bit of a boost, even if you're a front player because of with Silla uh, and a couple of others, they Washington, they, they struggle to score goals for a period now, so to just give everyone a little bit of a lift, I don't think they were at their best, but it was very workmanlike and again, the relief in Steve McLaren, who said it was one of his hardest weeks in, in football, that'll give the whole place a boost. Need a few more. I think Sebastian Bassong's been linked. James don't Collins. Do don't do it. James <laughs> Collins as well. I mean, I've been thinking about that one on the way in, and I know it's uh, maybe a bit dated now because it was last week, I think, the, the rumours with Collins. But I think for him, the type of season it's going to be for QPR, that may suit. You know, I have real concerns when in the past you saw Rio Ferdinand coming down someone who's played for a team that had the majority of the ball and yeah. played lovely football with James Collins he rolls his sleeves up and last year even in a poor West Ham side got a lot of points for them the way he defends so yeah I could see that one maybe happening they still need a bit more help those young players but 
uh, a great victory. Patience is a difficult word in football, McLaren told BBC Radio London. I've had to be, and I don't like it. The fans have voiced their opinion and the owners have also been patient. Hopefully we'll go on from this. <laughs> I mean, patient after four games, not not to pull the trigger. It's <laughs> same saying, isn't it, really? I think maybe we, we've been guilty on this show of, of maybe letting them off a bit lightly, talking about kids. I've, I looked at the ages of all the players. There aren't that many kids in the team. A lot of the... The bulk of that team are in their mid twenties, and a lot of them are in their late twenties. Mm. So, so this this talk about kids is may was maybe a little bit OTT. So look, let's let's not be too soft on them. I do, I do think that was a, that was a great arrival. I've got a stat for you, by the way. This is this is how much work they've got to do. Second halves of games so far this season, when you want to be kicking on, ending games strong. Their record is scored zero, conceded ten. So let's not get too excited about QPR. They, yeah, they've got to arrest that stat quick. Do you, as players? I mean, I'd hope the manager. Well, I would assume the manager would know that that stat. As players, do you go by any of that? Do you go by, oh, next up we're playing such and such, and uh, we've not won there in fifty-two years? No, and no, not on that. But you, you will be well aware that after half time they've struggled, and that uh, and did we looking for reasons why are they not fit enough? Uh, you know, is there not enough? impact from the substitutes in the, in the second period. I don't, I don't know what the reason is. I haven't seen every minute of Queen's Park Rangers this season, but that tells a story. Yeah. Uh, scored none, conceded 10 in the second half of games is, is a diabolical stat and they need, to, they need to improve it. Well, that capitulation at West Brom will be fresh in their minds when they go back to the West Midlands this weekend. So they need a, a better performance. But no, I think uh, they showed a togetherness the other day that's been lacking. And, and to get two goal scorers in there, I think the point Adrian's making... Yeah, not all kids, but the senior players that they've got in that squad, probably not good enough. So to get a couple of additions that are of better quality is only a positive thing. Joe Rowett, McLaren, the old sword, noose, whatever else was hanging over them. Has any of that been relieved after the weekend? Yeah, it's been loosened slightly. Good. The noose, that is, not the sword. No. Um, yeah, so that wouldn't help, would it? <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, so so their, their odds of staying until Christmas, that obvious benchmark of when managers will get sacked by. They've, they've been pushed out ever so slightly. McLaren's no longer odds on to go. Uh, and and Rowett looks a lot safer now. I, th- I imagine Stoke will probably push on now. The pressure will be relieved considerably on him. At the Totally Show for your thoughts, Mike, opinions. When will Leeds have the championship sewn up? January or February, says Mike. 3-0 <laughs> win at Norwich. The photo then that Leeds tweeted afterwards saying, um, thank you, enjoy the new dressing room colour or something such like along those lines. The pink went down well mm. for Leeds. Impressive. I think with all the great attacking play and the interchange and the wonderful goals, again, we've talked about the quality of the goals. Brilliant from Hernandez. Um, Phillips, I think, epitomised their their performance at the weekend. He was dragged after 20-odd minutes at Swansea mm. and then he was a warrior in, in midfield, which is probably going to be a big job for the Leeds United midfielders this season considering how attackingly uh, they're, they're great going forward. But I felt the Norwich, they started quite well. Norwich, first 15 minutes, but didn't get the goal and then Leeds took over. Two goals in quick succession almost kills a game off and I think the goalkeeper, Krull, could have done better with both first two goals. So... Bit of appeal for the Norwich supporters to, to swallow, but Leeds, no sign of letting up. They look the real deal. We're really, really impressed again. I mean, they, they, they've got so much talent, have they? Alioski, a couple of goals, a couple of assists. Hernandez, I think, has got got three goals, two assists. I mean, he's 33. I, I didn't realise he was so old until I read a piece about him today where Bielsa was, was basically saying he's one of the best players that I've ever coached, which is just an incredible sort of accolade. But Hernandez looks like he has the makings of being... 
potential championship player of the year. I guess at this stage, it's, it's early doors, isn't it? But but yeah, the control they've got over the game. So mm. I think they've had the most possession of everyone, which doesn't mean a lot, but they're using that possession really sensibly, aren't they? As a real, I don't know what the word is, it, it's, it, they construct their attacks in quite a mechanical way, Leeds, but they still can't be stopped. It's It's very, very impressive. Yes, I thought you were just going to use majestic and say that was no, the no, no. I think there seems to be there seems to be a real structure and a pattern to the way they play, and it's he's when, got them so well drilled so early on. Yeah, which... and, and they are playing out, and it's kind of bypassing the press, which they did well at the weekend into midfield, and then once those players get turned, yeah. you're in big trouble. And we said last year they had the quality there; it was just a manager to to get it out and, and marry it all together. So. Yeah, Saez at the top of his game, Alioski at the top of his game, Hernandez and Roof completely revitalised at the moment. No letting up and the strength as well, players to come in as well. So it's looking really rosy. Yeah, they made Norwich. So that team goal, the wonderful long passing move, they, they, they basically made Norwich look like they were mannequins. It was like it was like that training session where you, you, you're playing against a, a load of mannequins. That's, that's what Leeds remind me of at the moment. It's, it's really impressive. At Mockney Red says, good show, but no mention of Millwall. Again, three weeks in and what Neil Harris continues to achieve on a shoestring remains ignored. Hashtag no one likes us. Rotherham won Millwall nil. Maybe mm. was not the moment to write in. But they did sign Barnsley's Tom Bradshaw mm. on loan good sign. Yeah, good until sign January. Him, yeah, because I think I'd said here on the show prematurely that, that Barnsley had done well to keep hold of Bradshaw. Yeah. And obviously they decided to sell him in the end. I think they've, they've brought in Corley Woodrow, haven't they, at Oakwell instead. So, no, that's a good signing for Millwall. It's not been a good week. It's so not great timing on the, on the email because it's hard to praise a team that even their manager is finding really hard to praise. Uh, he's been scathing, hasn't he, Neil Harris? I do like that about Neil Harris, you know. He's he very rare he wears his heart on the street on his sleeve and very rarely actually go, goes overboard in terms of his praise. He, yeah, he he hammered his team, didn't he? I think after the Sheffield Wednesday defeat and and he he wasn't best pleased uh, with that Rotherham defeat either. It was just a simple cross into the mm. box. They're conceding goals like that at the moment, Millwall. So um, it's hard to say what what they what they can achieve. I think they've got some good players. I like I like Sean Williams uh, in central midfield, but um, yeah, they need to pick me up, don't they? Bradshaw was on the bench against Rotherham, so it, you know he might provide that that focal point that pick me up. Uh, oh. We can go Thriller Nottingham Forest two two with Birmingham. We can go Resurrection Derby two 0 over Preston. Anyone want to go anywhere else in the Championship? Well, I enjoyed that from Joe Lolly. Lolly, sorry, twenty sixth birthday, first touch rasp. Again, the keeper may feel he could have done better, but uh, he came on and had a massive impact. Obviously, scored one and, and made one. And and Birmingham haven't got the points return they probably deserve because they were by far the better side for large portions of that game. I caught it just after the, the game I was at. And I liked them towards the end of last year. Yota and Magoma, they've got quite a simplistic way of playing, but if they can provide ammunition for Jukovic and, and Bogle, that's there now. Uh, they could be a threat this year. So they were in a great position, but you have to credit Karanka's men for, for coming back in and getting a point when they weren't particularly at the races. I, I think they are this season's Brentford. If you cast your mind back a, a year ago, Brentford were the team in the falsest position. They had a really bad start mm. when they were playing well and, and sort of destroying teams. And I'm not saying Birmingham destroying teams, but they're, they're playing much better than their results suggest. So I think they'll be absolutely fine. Just got to hope that the board... Uh, St Andrews can recognise that the good job that, that Gary Monk's doing. Can I mention Derby? Because since the last show, whoa, I was whoa, up whoa, there. whoa, whoa, whoa! Did you not see the expression on Joe's face? There was a look of I want to say something I really do. Oh, God, I, was just, I think that's what he was passing on, wind. Just, just butt in, Joe. <laughs> I was just going to touch on um, Birmingham against Bolton in midweek as well mm. last week. Uh, Birmingham 
absolutely destroyed Bolton. Bolton got very lucky to win that game. So in agreement with both of you, I think Birmingham are a work in progress, but they will certainly move up the table over the course of the season. That was Forest to Birmingham to Guan. Yeah, I saw Derby beat Ipswich uh, by a couple of goals to nil last week since, since we last recorded the show, and I wasn't really that impressed with them. No. But they've but they've backed it up, haven't yeah. they? With with a good two nil win against Preston, so so definitely a work in progress. The players that that did shine for me were the younguns, particularly the right back. I don't know if you've seen much of this guy, Jaden Bogle He's yet. From Swindon, actually, yeah. they took him from Swindon a few years ago. Eighteen. I, t- I swear, he, I mean, he played like a guy in his mid-twenties, did not look like an 18-year-old. And he he was one of the most composed players on the pitch. He, he looks a real find. Andre Wisdom had got off to a fairly shaky start to the season at right back. So let's credit Lampard here for, for being strong, dropping a senior guy, bringing blood in a kid. And the kid's done great, but he did get injured. I think he might be out for a week or two now. But uh, yeah, remember the name, Jaden Bogle. I thought I thought he was excellent. And the centre-half is is improving to, to Maury, the, the guy they got on, on loan from Chelsea. He and, he and Keogh, a couple of clean sheets in a week. I, I, th- I think that, that act- actually that partnership, which looked quite dodgy mm. in the first couple of games, has actually got got more potential than maybe we first realised. With Jody Morris there, you would expect them to get the best out of the, the kids at least anyway, wouldn't you? Absolutely. And Tamori is one who's had a few loan spells and it's not exactly gone to plan. A big fan of his uh, he's captain the, the youth side so he'll get better the goal for Keogh was enormous the other day because he's been the one that's been coming in for a bit of flack yeah. and as well Nugent who would have thought that he'd be leading the line coming into this season he would have been one that you'd have put in the Chris Martin Cameron Jerome bracket probably won't be fancied this year so he's keeping Marriott out at the moment and he was exceptional at the weekend. So two games back to back, it just shows you that the work on the training ground, when people begin to get it naturally and understand what Frank Lampon's wanting, it's going to come good. So two wins in a week, much better. A lot of optimism for the Derby fans. I think with uh, with Nugent, he Frank Lampard is seeing that maybe the, the team is better with him as the leader of the line, even if he's not scoring. And he has scored a couple, I know, but... He's just such a grafter and I think that he, he helps the players around him. Cause it's quite a ballsy move because he's just spent a lot of money on Waghorn and Marriott and they're sitting twiddling their thumbs on the bench, aren't they? So it's strong management for Lampard. Well, you, say, you say ballsy, but you've both been in that situation where I guess you've been at a club and you've seen someone coming in. Yeah. Where it, it does either work and give you that, that yeah. lift, doesn't it? All right, I've got something to prove now. I, th- I think they were a bit detached last year as well. The striker was very isolated, so I don't think that's a problem now. And now you've got Mason Mount running off him and... Uh, Lawrence has had a fantastic start to the season so no, fair play to him because you've, you've probably felt his days were beginning to be numbered at championship level for, for Nugent so he's done really well and I just think everyone's more positive about Derby now they were probably giving the ball away in, in dangerous areas in the past few games now don't take risks go a little bit longer bypass that midfield player who's showing for the ball at times if it's not on and you know it's clever I'm sure Lampard will be talking to the players but at the end of the day they've got to carry it out when they they go out there on the pitch Is that reflected Joe? Is everyone a bit more positive about Derby? Has anything changed greatly on those that that may or may not within the the league? Yeah Leeds are very much favourites January Uh, They've come in again I think that's a little optimistic, but yeah, they're favourites to to get promotion at five to four. At Derby, eleven to two, still pretty much where they were last week, so around about seventh or eighth favourites. And just to touch on Millwall as well, ten to one for promotion. Obviously, they had that great run at the end of last season. If they can do something similar this season, then that looks like a decent outside bet. To have them at ten to one now, knowing that they can put a charge on 
at the end, I'm not a betting woman, she says. <laughs> um, but perhaps, perhaps they could be the outside. So, so maybe there's a little bit of a positive. Let's go on to League One, shall we? Listeners, here's a question for you. Have you read The Economist? Like, actually read it? Because it's not just about economics. It's about everything. Politics, science, business, literature, and even a bit of football from time to time. For 170 years, The Economist has delivered trustworthy intelligence to generations of smart, thoughtful people just like you. And because you listen to The Totally Football Show, you can have a copy for free. The Economist helps readers prepare for what's going on in the world around them. And in today's dynamic world, facts matter more than ever. But you don't have to be an international financier to enjoy it. I brought my subscription in January and I couldn't do without it now. Muddy Knees Media is now this close to launching the Totally Belt and Road Initiative show. Seriously, look it up on The Economist website. It's amazing. And I'd never have heard about it without reading The Economist. The Economist is a smart guide to the forces changing your world. To get your free print copy of it now, just text the word LEAGUE to 78070. That's LEAGUE to 78070. One, no fun when the club is made up of... One, But for Peterborough, it's a famous five. The only 100 percenters with a 5-1 win at Plymouth and a club record start of five from five. Matters off the pitch, though, dominating the photo opportunities for the weekend. I chucked in my crisps and that's because Charlton's goalless home game with Fleetwood was delayed after crisp packets were thrown on, having a go at the owner. Card, who are behind it. We've heard about the pigs, the water, everything else already this season. Then we'll have a look at Sunderland. Remarkably, after their 2-1 win at Wimbledon, Sunderland have now won four league games in a single calendar month for the first time since April 2007. Snacks will have to wait. Knickknacks and all. Scunthorpe 2, Barnsley 2. Barnsley back from two down to preserve their unbeaten start. But the big news, former Bradford boss Stuart McCall is the new Scunthorpe manager. Thoughts, Adrian Clark? In. Yeah, well, for thoughts. Uh, I feel really sorry for Nick Dawes, who only just got the job, didn't he? <laughs> Towards the end of last season. So so I do feel incredibly sorry for, for him. But they got the reaction, didn't they? And it was it was a, a good performance against a, a very strong Barnsley side. Can I just point out the noise in the background <laughs> is producer Abby blowing her nose. Is that tears <laughs> at the departed Nick Dawes? Is it? Yeah. It's all right. I was, I was just checking. Huge fan of Stuart McCall. Loves everything he does with a <laughs> Tears of joy. Sorry, do continue. Uh, well, I do, yeah, Stuart McCall's a hard one to, to gauge because he's only really managed Bradford, hasn't he, in England, even though we know of him as a player. A lot of his management has been north of the border. Um, you know, so Sam will probably know a bit more about his, his achievements as a manager. At Bradford, I thought he was good. He improved Bradford. Uh, they've gone backwards since he decided that it wasn't a great working environment and he, he had to get out of there. So, yeah, on paper, it looks like Scunthorpe have appointed the right guy. But it's one of those situations. Can he succeed out away from uh, Bradford? Peter Swan said he wanted experience, and that's what he's gone for. I think he's got a good record at Bradford. I think it's 45% win ratio or something, which was the best since the early 80s. So, And it's probably a little bit that Gary Rowett scenario. Uh, when you leave a club and they struggle, uh, when he left Bradford, Simon Grayson came in and they really struggled towards the back end of the last season. So his reputation's probably grown, even though he wasn't in a job. So, Didn't um, he, Wasn't it six straight defeats, though, when he, yeah, when he left? Six straight defeats at Bradford, which yeah. ultimately cost him his job. But they were in a decent position at the the run to the playoff final the previous year when they lost to Millwall and they oh, were really unlucky really unlucky team. in that game um, probably should have beaten Millwall and got done on a, a sucker punch by Steve Morrison so on the face of it I think it's a decent appointment I'm I'm okay with it but I just feel looking at the uh, the Scumfoot squad they're a little bit light in a few areas and 
Andy Dawson went in at the weekend, mm. did a really good job. He actually altered something that he talked about with Dawes the previous week. They went to a 4-3-3 and they looked much better. They were 2-0 up and I think the fans really enjoyed that response against probably the best team with Sunderland in the division in Barnsley. So great performance. They'll be feeling better. New manager. Wouldn't be surprised if they get a little bounce. Away at Accrington Stanley, first game. Charlton 0-0 with Fleetwood then. Uh, the snack, the crisps thrown on in support of club staff who've reportedly been banned from eating lunch at their desks. There's talk that the EFL are going to talk to the club, its supporters trust as well. Every week we're going to say it, but it's fans banging their head. What do they do? The crisps is the latest one. Certainly the attention is is thrown on. But then did you hear the manager afterwards saying that uh, when they first threw the crisps on, we were nearly going to score and I thought, please stop. Mm. It's, it's that... Maybe it puts a dampener on it, he said, for the fans, puts puts the players on a, a downer at, mm. at that moment if it starts to affect the team. Yeah, I mean, great creativity from the supporters. I enjoyed it, but yeah, I mean, maybe do it when there's a break in play or something if they are actually, you know, hindering a chart on counter-attack or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but arguably, it, yeah. The, the attention then is great. Yes, yes, but yeah, things. but not when it's impacting the actual play and, and, and if it's stopping a chance or something. But what do you do? You're banging your head against the wall. You said it, Caroline, because I don't think the owner's interested. Yeah. I don't think he's deterred by anything that they do, to be quite, quite frank. So uh, you have enormous sympathy with the supporters. I don't think it affects the players a great deal. I was just saying, logistically, if there's a packet of crisp that stops a, a ball and diverts its path, then, then obviously we've got a problem. But Adrian will know, I know. I was at Luton during miserable times, loads going on off the pitch. You just get on. When you get on the pitch, you yeah. get on with it. And it's a release, to, to be honest. And I'm sure that's the same for Jacko and um, and Lee Bowyer at the moment. But they, they're struggling to score goals, Charlton. And because they're not getting the results on the pitch, it's all a bit more miserable. Yeah, kudos to, to Dan O'Hagan, uh, who was doing the voiceover. I don't know, he, he was talking over a save and he said, goalkeepers, they do love a bit of savoury. I thought, I thought it was terrific. <laughs> terrific bit of punnery from him. It's, it's, just, it's just driving... The fans mad, isn't it? Yeah. February. I look. I look. Looked back at the story. February. Sale agreed to two parties, just down to the lawyers. It should be a matter of weeks, in quote marks. I mean, what's going on? It's. It, you do think that you do. It does beg the question: What can the EFL do? Can they step in here and and and, and force a hand? Because they they're killing the club, aren't they? These these owners. If can should really. Mm. Don't you think uh, there's a point at which you're playing in a league, you've got to abide by the rules and regulations of the league? Should they be more proactive, maybe, in, in finding reasons? I know, I know that I don't know what the, the ethical boundaries are, but mm. maybe more proactive in finding reasons to, to out these owners. I saw a suggestion this week that, that they just get an administrator in. Mm. If it gets to a stage where no one's talking to anyone else, but it, it, how do you judge it's got to that stage? If the owners are telling the league one thing, we don't know if that's the case. If, if the fans are saying... Pff, do fans have a right to know? Do fans have a right to know what's going on behind the scenes at their club? Should they have that involvement? I'm saying yes to all of these mm. things. But then at that point, should the league step in and say, right, we think you're not running it right. Here's someone who's going to run it for the time being until we can sort all this out. It was a suggestion. I don't know if you agree. At the Totally Show. Shall we go to Wimbledon, which is where you went, Joe? Oh, oh, oh. I brought a cut in. Hold on. <laughs> I'm just getting this flashback to when you were a kid. <laughs> 
back at the class. I did something really Sorry. bad last night. I, can't I was complaining you... about something. It was like when? a kid. I can't remember what it was last no, night. I remember I've done that voice that. twice in the last 12 hours. I just remember. This isn't it. your picture byline again, is it, that you cut out? Oh, come on. <laughs> For those go. unable to see, let me just explain what just happened. I was going to say no, to Joe a, about yeah, the fact a lighter that it's a bit Wimbledon Sunderland. But Sammy has a cutting, which isn't his column from the Football League paper. It is... Uh, Tony Cascarino in the Times yesterday. I just liked it because obviously it's doom and gloom at Charlton. And he's had a go. He did say, I don't want to take the mickey out of Anthony Coggins. He was the referee. Mm. And he's a very short man. And Tony's not happy about the way he marked out the 10 yards for free kicks because he's got little small steps. So Tony's suggesting the way that technology has advanced, we need to bring something in for that because he's a little Ronnie Corbett-esque man. <laughs> so I'm thinking uh, measuring wheel for a ref to go along with his spray oh, or yardstick. Yeah, Did the you little, have to do that at school? Yeah, the click one when you're doing yeah. your litter pick. Yeah, yeah. litter pick. Yeah, litter no, pick. we used to do it for That's for marking community out. service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got confused. I just remember being on my field either with a measuring wheel or doing a litter pick. I thought Those it was when you used to measure out the, yeah. the, the track at school. You did, yeah. On the grass. Yeah, so referees are going to have one of them according to Cass. I love that. Very good, very good. But the, the, the issue is in the winter, you're going you're gonna to put a track, aren't you, down the middle of the pitch. Uh, where do, no where do they see that? Where do they spray? store it? I th- yeah, I do think... They, do, they, do they put it next to their spray, what attach about, it to their belt? But seriously, why not a tape measure that measures 10 yards exactly? Uh, but who do you get in to the hold pocket. the other end? In the pocket. I mean, you have to get one of true, the assistants true. to come on because you can't trust one of the players. They'll just be walking towards Captains. you. The tape measures I got, they've got that little, little rim, haven't they? You can just stick that in the ground. Boom. And away oh, you go. Yeah. Uh, Shall we carry this motion? <laughs> All in favour say aye. Aye. Yeah. Aye. Motion carried. To Wimbledon, where we were supposed to go five hours ago. Joe Critter, you were watching Wimbledon 1 Sunderland do. I was. and Is I was, that the end of the story? Yeah, and Good. that's it. Uh, and I was very impressed with Wimbledon and the way that they played. They've got some very, very, very big lads and they play very physical football. I mean, they're, the management staff there have done incredibly well over the last six years to, to have them playing at the level that they're playing and they're playing effective football uh, and I felt quite sorry for them when they when they lost to Sunderland because Sunderland didn't really create much. Was that enough to, to change the collective mind of the bookies that had Wimbledon in trouble? No, so if I was making the prices then yes but the, the, the people who come up with the prices uh, probably have looked at, at Wimbledon's results over the last couple of games yeah. and probably... Uh, brought their odds in for relegation a little bit more but I'd also like to uh, just give a shout out to Lee Catamol two goals there is fourth and fifth goals for Sunderland and his ninth and tenth goals in his very long and semi-fruitful career shout out to Lee Catamol accepted anyone else <laughs> I, I do have a stat actually for, yeah from Duncan Alexander from Opta he does a lot of good stats doesn't he um, so this is Catamol in the Premier League one goal every 77 fouls that's how you should measure Catamol, by the right. way. But per foul. Yeah, championship one goal every 47 fouls. Improvement. In the League One, one goal every three three fouls. <laughs> Easy for me to say. So, so now doing a Catamol is a measure of fouls. Uh, that goes with your, your clicky thing on how far back you've gone. Sunderland, again under Jack Ross. Just the level of consistency. Mm. I think going behind in that first game that we spoke about right in the, in the first show... That's done for them, hasn't it? It's given them that confidence, that belief. Yeah, I mean, I think Adrian spoke about the, the change he made at half-time in that game. And again, on Saturday, three changes in the early part of the second half. McGeoch and Oviedo were two of the three. can't remember the third, but uh, and a complete turnaround. And I think they got sucked into playing, as Joe said, a little bit 
direct maybe and it was a bit scrappy so when they started to play their football and he tinkered with it um, they got their their result and, and Katamo an unlikely goal scorer but the side just looks good now you know we spoke about them having to have experienced players to go along with Honeyman and, and Gooch and they've got that yeah. good players in there and a centre forward in Madja who's uh Banging the goals, and I was a big fan of Power last season. Max Power, best name ever, alongside Catamol. That's a good midfield at that level. So I think Jack Ross is doing a great job, and Sunderland are looking like they're going to be stayers as well at the top of the league. Yeah, they've got fight as well. That's three times they've gone 1 0 down, and three times they've turned it around to win. So And, and that isn't easy to do. So, so often, I think the, the percentages are, are massive, are they? If you score the first goal in the game, yeah. you ordinarily go on and win it. So for Sunderland to, to buck that trend three times already, is terrific and um, did you see that there's a film coming out I'm, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure that we will talk a lot about this in the in the months ahead but yeah Sunderland till I die so we'll, we're going to get a lot of insight I suspect on, on the car crash that was last season all round to yours for the popcorn pulled hmm. out someone who's top of the charts in the film billboards at the moment Peterborough 5-1 winners at Plymouth 100% record crushing Plymouth as well. A nod on, on Peterborough and what they're doing. I, I'm tending to talk about them now, mm. but they're getting, they're not just winning at places you'd expect them to, to mm. win at, but they're doing it convincingly. That's the thing. Uh, a week's gone by, one at Charlton and then thumped Plymouth. Plymouth doing what they did last season, starting horrendously and yeah. would be surprised if they won a bit of a run. But yeah, didn't see it coming with Peterborough, to be honest. Always like Godden uh, and Cummings. Thought they've got the potential to be decent players, but I mean, the... The form they're in at the moment, six in five come in. Godden's got four already and Dembele, that little pocket of skills and, and what have you, is, is doing the business. Me and Adrian both spoke about him on previous podcasts and his goal was wonderful. Going on his left side, actually drilling one across the goalkeeper. So one at a bit of a canter at a difficult place. I always found it difficult and um, got some good players under Derek Adams. So looking like they are going to be a, a real team that are going to challenge. They remind me of Leicester. When they won the won the Premier League title, and it sounds like a backhanded compliment, but they they're a counter attacking team, yeah. and the guys up top are brilliant when they've got space to to run into the the, the chaps you just talked about, Cummins and Dembele and and Godden, just all linking brilliantly. I know it's in that five one win, and how often does this happen in that five one away win? They had forty one percent of the ball, so they're one of those sides that, that they've got enough confidence in themselves, they back themselves to say, come on then. Come and have a go at us. And we're just going to pick you off on the break. And that's that's quite a sophisticated way to play at League One level. And yeah, it bodes well. I mean, if you can score loads of goals, obviously you're going to, you're going to be with a chance of, of winning the league. Very quick story, because I know we're about four hours over. Someone told me yesterday, though, that they knew someone that controlled the possession stats button who once <laughs> was called out by a commentator. So when really, they've had 91% and you'd just forgotten <laughs> To press it. it yeah, I'm it sure really... that doesn't happen now. This was many moons well, ago. I, I, I'm sure that Sam will have will have sat next to commentators that have done the same thing. And it literally was not any more sophisticated than Southender got it. Rotherham got it. I mean, I don't know about you. This is a whole podcast on itself. I, I know I said this would be a short story, but that's a long one. Uh, you can go anywhere else you like, but I do want to go into League Two next. Luton Surge is on the way. Thank goodness for that. Uh, 3-2 winners over Shrewsbury. Doncaster 0-0 with Portsmouth. And our regular look at Andy Holt on Twitter. This is the Andy Holt stop. Accrington operating a 1.1 million budget net, he says. Do follow him on Twitter. Well worth it. If you want to engage with an owner, he does do it. Says the best financial situation for us is to stay up and he's not setting an ambition level. Says the average League One 
budget is 3.6 million and they're on 1.1 million. It says financial steps between divisions need removing. Apparently, I need to pause now so that Abby can blow her nose and have some water. So we'll take a break. You can get in touch with us at The Totally Show. Listeners, we know your time's precious, and that's why we've teamed up with Lord Timepieces, who are giving all listeners to the Totally Football League show 15% off any watch at lordtimepieces.com with the discount code LEAGUE. Lord Timepieces are modern and elegant, and because they're only available online, they're affordable too. So whether you're after something smart or sporty, a metal strap or a leather strap, a gold face or a gunmetal grey face, you'll find that Lord Timepieces are Champions League watches at champions prices. Find out more and see the range for yourself at lordtimepieces.com league and your 15% will be applied at the checkout. Master your time and master your destiny with Lord Timepieces. That's lordtimepieces.com league. L-O-R-D-T-I-M-E-P-I-E-C-E-S. Into League Two then. Look who's top of the table. Impressive. Lincoln 3-1 winners over Notts County who are completely at the other end of the table. We'll have more on them shortly. Caller, and then there's nothing like getting one over your old boss. In the battle of Exeter A against B, Paul Tisdale, 12 years in charge of the Grecians, said he asked his players for help as his new side, Milton Keynes, were 1-0 winners over his old side. And Morecambe, with their fourth defeat in five, 2-0 at home to Oldham. Parting company first then. Beeston writes at the Totally Show, Kevin Nolan, most premature dismissal since Rowett at Birmingham, question mark, playoffs last season against the odds and a sluggish start this campaign, but surely way too early to pull the trigger. This was Lincoln 3, Notts County 1, Kevin Nolan going, assistant manager gone 2. In a statement they say the last eight months have seen us win only eight of our 28 League 2 matches, a run which saw us surrender our position in the automatic promotion places before suffering defeat in the playoff semi-finals. Joe Crilly, Sam Parkin, Adrian Clark. There is the case for the defence. What say you over Kevin Nolan going? So I said it when we got here today, but it doesn't sound that drastic. Eight wins in, in 28, that it's been that appalling the form, but I think if he's invested again in the summer, the chairman, and he has because they brought in quite a number of players and have gone slightly different way because they were very senior last year uh, and they've not got the results, one point. I can understand why he's made the change now, but you always want to see managers given longer, a dozen, 15 games into the season. Um, and I just think off the back of that really heavy defeat against Yeovil, they'd have been looking for a reaction at Lincoln, which is tough because yeah. Lincoln... The, the guy came on from their podcast a few days ago, for a few weeks ago. They've got a bit of a plan B this year. They're going to be right up there, Lincoln. So not the best game for them. And it was a, a pretty disastrous performance from Notts County. So can I understand it, but still too soon? Yeah, if anyone had deserved or earned the right to, to have a bad start, I think it was Kevin Nolan because when he came in, they were in a bit of a mess. He made them promotion contenders, and there was a lot, a lot to like about what what he was doing there. So, so I feel it, it is premature. It really is, and it's some U-turn. I tell you what, from Alan Hardy, uh, I was sat there at the playoff semi-final. We interviewed Alan Hardy, the the chairman, on the radio before that, before that that night when they were beaten handsomely by Coventry, and he looked me in the eye, straight face, and said, "Kevin Nolan will be a future England manager." Mark my words, and I went, "Whoa, that's a big call." And he said, "Mate, I mean it." I mean, he's he's that good. I said, "What's so good about him?" And 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 he was basically, he was just full of praise for everything about him as a, as a football brain, for the way he delegates, because he didn't didn't do a lot of the coaching. He was more the kind of manager that stood back and observed. But he he did not have a bad word to say about him. So just a matter of, well, 
four games later, effectively. Yeah. Four. Ga- I know it's a number of months, but four games after he labelled him a future England manager, he's given him the bullet. I find that I find that just mad. We aren't not Notts County season ticket holders. Yeah. We're, we're not. We're not watching them. I guess actually, if we weren't travelling away, they've won two of their last fourteen away. That that's probably one of the the major issues here. But we're not watching their their style of play week in week out and listening to some of the phone ins. There are a lot of unhappy county fans with with the way that stuff was was going at the club. So that whether that puts pressure as well. Again, another vocal owner, another vocal board who are, who are present mm. on social media the whole time talking. And, and absorbing it from the fans. Where, where do they go next, Joe? We, we heard anything? Yeah, we've got an odds-on favourite, Harry Kuehl. TM, trademark. Yeah, he's, he's two to five ahead of Gary Bowyer. I think he's around a six to one mark, uh, second favourite. So a couple of uh, decent names in the mix. But they will be coming into a, a team that hasn't been able to, to gel yet. When Nolan came in at Notts County, he signed players that he knew, perhaps mates of his, older statesman of the game who who he knew would do a job for him and that this was his first transfer window to try and work out his formula of bringing in younger players uh, whether his scouting network worked yeah and to have only been given four games to see if these players would blossom he brought in a couple of youngsters uh, who were set to have or look set to have a decent future in the game uh, and he hasn't been able to see it through although results haven't been great Harry Kuehl Back in March was linked to the Charlton job. So is it is it Harry Kuehl's got a great publicity team around him or is that the sort of manager that you think Notts County should go for now? He's proved me wrong because I, I thought when he went into Crawley, what are you doing, Harry? Like, seriously? But but he's I think he's got quite a lot out of the Crawley side. And you look at the players he signed this summer. He's brought in Ollie Palmer, hasn't he, from, from Lincoln, who... It wasn't brilliant for Lincoln. He was okay. He scored, scored the old goal, more of an impact sub at times last year. Come in, he's got five in five. So, so there's a lot to like, I think, about about Harry Kuehl's credentials in terms of football knowledge and his experience. And he's a young manager that that clearly knows how to do the job. Sam, I mean, he, he, managers haven't lasted that long at Crawley in recent times. But but he's, he's you know there's no there's been no question marks over him of late, is there? It'd be a gamble for, for the club and for also Harry Kuehl because he's clearly got a good thing down there with Warren Feeney and they're doing some good stuff this season. But, I mean, the size of the club, obviously, the the history there, for some reason, the, the oldest club in the Football League seems to have made its way into every statement that the, the chairman's done in in last few days. I don't think that's necessarily relevant. One of the directors has left, I think, yeah, since I uh, Kevin Nolan's been relieved of his duty. So maybe the, the, the unity's not completely there. I think it'd be a gamble for Kuehl, but I think he'd probably side on someone with experience. That would be my hunch on it. Uh, someone to go in, not necessarily steady the ship, but someone that's been there and done it at League Two level. We're recording this on Tuesday morning after the bank holiday Monday. So if they've already appointed Martin Allen, I should just read off a load of names, shouldn't I? Who else is on the list, Joe? Let's just read them all off. Well done you on getting the job. Uh, that's how we'll leave it. Shall we talk about Colchester? Colchester 1, Northampton Town 2, which is the perfect time to phone up Daniel Smith, who got in touch with the show by saying, surprised you guys didn't fancy Colchester United more this season, given they kept important players, added key experience and have some of the best young players below the championship. Currently 3-0 up inside 30 minutes against Crew. Worth a rethink. Probably was when you were 3-0 up against Crew. What about 2-1 down to Northampton? On Spotify, smart speaker and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Football League show from Muddy Knees Media.
So then, let's get Daniel Smith on and wind him up further. Hello, Daniel. Hey. So we should have really called you when you were 3-0 up against Crew, but we're calling you after you've lost to Northampton. But we can still <laughs> talk about Colchester United, uh, the mighty U's. Good season coming? Yeah, I think so. There's a decent squad there these days. And I'm obviously always looking at things through uh, blue and white rose-tinted specs. But yeah, I'm pretty confident of uh, at least a playoff finish this, this year. Both Mr. Clark and Mr. Parkin have experience of Colchester United, I believe. Yeah, only at Layer Road, though. And I always liked it. I didn't play there many times uh, when I was with Southend United. It was always a cracking atmosphere. It just feels a little bit different at your new stadium, which I haven't actually been, been to yet. But what I have heard about Colchester this season is that you're playing some, some attractive football. Is that is that fair to say? Possession stuff? Yeah, I think it's fair to say. Um, I think for the past couple of years, they've been looking at trying to have this kind of blend of kind of possession-based pass and move football that they've been trying to kind of dictate from the youth team upwards. And the past few years has kind of been pretty much there or thereabouts, but seems to be coming to a head this season. Daniel, uh, I remember Sammy Schmodix getting a lot of plaudits last season. Who are the uh, other players in the squad, in the team that we should be talking about at the moment? There's a, certainly a few standouts. I mean, we've had Brennan Dickinson come back from injury this year. That guy is probably one of the standout players in League Two, and I think he will continue to perform really, really well this year. Further back, we've got Harry Pell, who has only recently joined from Cheltenham, but looks to be an, an, an inspired signing from there. He's he's fitted in and is is a fantastic signing for us. And then at the back, we've got um, a, a thousand old boy actually, and Luke Prosser, who has is an absolute rock at the back. He's one of those players I think we've been missing in the team for a while. Uh, one of those players who's a little bit of a hard man that plays well within the rules, but he's he's been brilliant at the back. I'm glad to hear that because I was disappointed when he left Southend. He went he went into non-league football, and I love I love it when I see a player drop out into the non-league game and be so good in the national league that they that, that they earn the right to come back into the into the pro game effectively. Mm. So yeah, glad to hear hear he's doing okay. And and is he the captain of the side? Yeah, he's a skipper now. Um, we've got a couple of leaders in that team, but I think he's certainly the one that sticks out the most. But yeah, you're looking at your leaders on the pitch and, and Pross is always the guy who's there. Same goes for Harry Pell, again, one of the new guys. But yeah, one of the leaders, Tom Lapsey, again, one of those standout players. Does, doesn't really do the um, the glamorous side of the game, but he's he's in there, the, um, a midfield destroyer and he's, he's again, top top guy that. you got Cheltenham away next, is it? I, I know that John McGrew was talking about the fact that he wants fighters in his team. How much have you been stuffed by having this, the same starting lineup for, what, the, the fourth in a row, having so many games in a tight time frame? And give us some hope then for Cheltenham. It will be interesting uh, to see what happens with that. Um, so obviously he's stuck with the same team for the past four games, I think. And quite rightly, really, it's been a difficult, would have been a difficult call to change any of the players in their team, I think. Um, but you do have some very, very good players on the bench that are crying out to get on. I mean, for example, I mean, you've got um, Mandron on the, pit, on the bench, who was one of our best players last year and hasn't has barely kicked a ball this year so far just because of the likes of Frank Nuble uh, has been keeping out the team. So there will be players that will be willing to come on and, and, and can still make a, make, a, make a change. So it'll be interesting to see whether they do kind of, um, sort of come in and help help. We're all having a rethink on Colchester United as a result <laughs> of you. So thank, thank you for getting in touch. Thank you for listening hey, no as worries. well. Take it easy, guys. You're listening to the Totally Football League show with Caroline Barker. Daniel Smith, Colchester United fan, got in touch via at the Totally Show. If you'd love to come on and talk about your team, then we would love your expertise. I will allow you all one more game from League Two. Where do you want to go? Stadium MK, please. Go on. Um, 
Yeah, a difficult day for Paul Tisdale, obviously coming up against his uh, former side. And yeah, can understand that. I saw him give Matt Taylor a bit of a hug before the game and he obviously was his assistant last year. So it is difficult. It's difficult as a player. I can't imagine what it's like as a, as a manager, all those people he's known so well. So that, that, um, Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> I do it constantly. That, that great line he said afterwards about yeah. that he'd gone and spoken to the players and said, Almost give this mm. one for me, you know, give me a, a, yeah. a bit of a break. Have you ever had managers that have done that? Right, we're coming up against my old team. Please don't let us lose it. <laughs> well, it struck a chord with me because obviously I work with Paul Tisdale and that's very him. So I can kind of, I can picture him saying that. It's the kind of thing you come out with before a game. And in terms of the match itself, Christy Pym is a young goalkeeper there. He's got a great at- attitude. Really hope that he, he does well in his career because he's a great lad and that he saved the penalty against Kieran Agard and obviously Agard stepped up again. I think that's so difficult for goalkeepers. I often think that the penalty taker's in command of that situation because Christie will have done his, his research and what have you, went the wrong way and um, ends up getting MK the point. So I was speaking to Danny Butterfield, who's another former Exeter player. He's gone with Paul Tisdale now. Steve Perryman's involved to some regard as well, to degree now. So the whole backroom staff are there with Paul Tisdale. I think Adrian was right. It's who's going to get those goals consistently for MK Dons, but they're just getting over the line at the moment. But probably two teams that are going to be right up there and, and Exeter continue to surprise people, I think, this year. As fans, there is there is nothing worse than seeing your whole team leave yeah. you with your old manager. But you can't do anything about you it. You can't, and, and but they've picked themselves up, haven't they, Exeter? Yeah. I think they're having a terrific start to the season. So it's like a change. It, it, it can be positive. OK, they've lost a lot of talent, but 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 these new guys coming in look, look decent to me. Can I just have a shout-out for Yeovil? Ah, go on. Yeah, I mean, Yeovil, no-one really has been talking about them that they find themselves in the playoff picture they beat Stevenage at the weekend 2-0 it's their first home win since February which tells you how bad they've been at Hewish Park but I've got another stat for you I've been gone a bit stat crazy this week I love it do you know how long Yeovil have been trailing in matches this season go on one minute Oh. One minute of the season so far, Yeovil have been behind, which I found incredible. And it was on the opening day when they conceded an 89th minute goal to Berry when they had nine men. So that tells me that Yeovil are a team that are very much in control of, of everything at the moment. And from where they were last season, when I saw them at Shrewsbury, not good. That, that's a remarkable turnaround. So, so well done to Darren Way and, and the team down there. Limited resources, but but they're looking um, looking decent. Green Army, you are on a green microphone today, so I will allow you that shout for Yeovil. Joe, Crilly, William Hill, anything changed dramatically in League Two? Mm, well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> top of the table, Lincoln, still odds on. Their price has come in, actually, to, to be promoted four to six. MK Dons now, second favourites at even money. Uh, Mansfield, nine to four, third favourites. And if we go down to the bottom, I imagine that Morecambe will be favourites to go down. They are 11 to eight, Macclesfield, nine to four. And then three teams all at six to one, Cheltenham, Crew, and Yeovil. Good drama ramp up in the pauses there, Joe. <laughs> I appreciate them. On to the weekend then, El Tractico, Ipswich, Norwich. Big one for the weekend. Yes, yeah, certainly is. I would, I would probably lean towards towards Norwich here actually, because Ipswich just aren't scoring goals. They don't look like scoring goals. Uh, I saw them at Derby, and for an hour of the game, they were they were well organised. They were strong, particularly strong in the air. But just Ellis Harrison up top, he was trying trying ever so hard, but just never looked like he was going to score a goal. And there wasn't that much creativity coming from. From the flanks either. I think they're, all of Ipswich's stronger players were at the back. Enciala, who's 
going to be suspended, I think, for that one. Donatien actually impressed me, the right back. But yeah, I, I, I wasn't wholly impressed by Ipswich. And I think that they uh, they may struggle, actually, in this one, which pains me because I, I was a junior blue as a kid. Leeds, Middlesbrough, though, on Friday night ends August. What a way to end August. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't end August. I was going to tell you about my really bad 85 minutes in a Ipswich-Norwich derby, but on, don't I'm worry just, about no, it. Let's no, do Leeds-Middlesbrough. Come on. No, no, no. Sam, oh, you want me to what go? What happened in that really bad 85-minute... No, no, I was just going to say... I was just going to say it's a, a brilliant game. Amazing atmosphere. And we went down to 10 men very, very early on. So it's not a happy memory. It was early in the season, very hot. And I did a lot of running around without the ball. And I wanted to highlight Harrison because I was Harrison once upon a time, going from the lower leagues to, you know, a big club in Ipswich. And I really struggled. I really struggled with the expectation. I couldn't score a goal in front of the home supporters. And he needs to get a goal and get up and running because he'll be getting fewer chances. Uh, you, you do. You know, the, the, the gap between League Two and League One is, is not particularly great, but the, the, the leap to the Championship is a big one, in my opinion. Well, if you could have another go at it mm. and then give, give, or give Harrison some advice, what should he do that you couldn't or, should, or didn't? Believe in yourself and don't listen to any negativity and try and block it out. And that comes with being more mature and comes with experience. But, you know, I didn't deal with it well. I thought the world was against me and it affected my game. And uh, inevitably, the move ended up not working out. And I remember Jim McGilton saying to me, sometimes moves just don't work out in football when um, I was surplus to requirements and I went off to Luton. But, you know, I could have taken a hold of the situation better. I felt that people didn't respect me or didn't give me the credit I deserve from what I'd done at Swindon. But really, you know, that's, that's natural. People aren't bothered about the past. It's what you do in the present. So, yeah, if I could turn the clock back, would have done things differently. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for him because there's a lot of players from the lower leagues, which I hope, you know, become success at Portman Road. I know I sort of mocked your measuring stick idea earlier on, but how's about this? You two, and I do mean this genuinely, rent yourselves out as kind of a former player clinic where clubs send younger players for that bit of advice. <laughs> always here. I, but We're always actually, here. I'm genuine about that. Why, why, don't, why um, don't clubs bring that bit of experience well, more into I'm it? I'm massive on clubs having former players in, involved yeah. and knowing the, the history of a club as well. I know I'm going off a little bit here, but knowing the history, I think that's really important. I didn't get to meet Don Rogers at Swindon Town, who's the, the best ever player until after I retired. Yeah. I think that's such a shame because that can inspire just a few words maybe from someone like that at the start of the season. But the, my honest answer, when you're young and impressionable and in your teens and your early 20s, you're not bothered. You think it's going to go on forever. Yeah. You think you know best. But yeah, yeah I mean, the, the advice of senior players is invaluable. This podcast sadly can't go on forever. So very quickly, uh, Peterborough up against Doncaster. Test for Peterborough that weekend. Sunderland, Oxford, those both in, in League One. League Two, life post Nolan. Notts County, Forest Green. Tough start. Do they save and wait? And they may not have saved and wait for their new manager to come in. Do you let that one ride out? I'm glad you came to me on that one because I wanted to say something nice about Forest Green. But yeah, of course, Notts County, that's going to be really interesting to see what happens this week. They'll want to get it done straight away and, and get the proper preparation done for a visit of Forest Green, who are a good side, who a lot of people will just look at them and know that they're in their bedding in period in the Football League. They have hugely improved from last year, complete overhaul of players played lovely football 
got goal scorers in the, in the team. And the best player against Swindon the other day was Williams, who I believe they took from Fulham. Played a different way. He was the difference. He was brilliant for an hour or so at the weekend. So Mark Cooper's men, I'm tipping them for a very successful season, probably top half. So Notts County, if you're listening, let this weekend go. Then Tough appoint game. the manager. Joe Crilly, anything else you wish to add? No, I'm fine. Thank you. Again, the pause is perfect. Thank you to everyone that's got in touch with the show so far. My thanks to Sam, to Joe Crilly from William Hill and also to Adrian. But primarily, as always, thank you to you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Totally Football League show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com and make sure you check out our brand new podcast for this season, the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven. Supporting your team can be a beautiful thing, but then come the injuries, the goal droughts and the downright disastrous defeats. That's a little bit like life, really. And here at the Totally Football Show, we believe we should all support each other the way we support our team, through the good days and the bad. And that's why we're continuing to work with Calm, the campaign against living miserably, a charity dedicated to preventing male suicide. On average, 12 men take their own life every day in the UK. So that's your starting 11 and your manager every single day. And part of the problem is that many of us still feel uncomfortable talking about mental health and suicide, and this can often stop men from opening up and getting support when they need it the most. So if you're worried that someone close to you is having a tough time, check in with them and let them know that Calm is there. Every day from 5pm till midnight, Calm provide a free, confidential and anonymous helpline and web chat for any man who needs support. Visit thecalmzone.net to find out more about Calm.